On this episode of Remodeling Unscripted, I'm joined by John Joffrey of Revent Remodeling and Construction based out of Austin, Texas. We discuss some of his past projects, the high-end remodeling market, as well as some hard truths to have a successful home remodeling project. So hope you enjoy. Welcome back to Remodeling Unscripted. My name is Frank Lujan, and I'm with Canopy Unlimited. Today, I'm talking with a good friend of mine, John Joffrey from Revent Remodeling and Construction. I'm so happy to have him on here. And uh, John, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's it's an honor to be here with someone you know that does as good a work as you to to you know have me on your show is is pretty awesome, man. Oh man, I really appreciate that. I but I have you on here for a reason, and that's because you do awesome work as well. Mm. Uh, so you are in the Austin market, right? Why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your company, what it is that you do, and we'll sure. just jump right into it. So my name is John Joffrey. Um, I'm the owner and operator of Revent Remodeling and Construction. Um, for a while, it was basically just me. Um, I have no employees, um, so everything I do is 1099. Uh, I have a lot of trades that solely, I don't want to say solely, but 99% work for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I like keeping lean and mean. So recently I've actually brought on my wife. Um, She's doing a lot of the bookkeeping and invoicing and which has helped a lot. Um, But so we're a lean, mean, um, luxury, very high end. Um, We focus primarily on existing homes, remodels and additions, but we're, we're starting to get into a lot more, um, custom smaller homes in, in Austin, they call them ADUs, which means accessory dwelling unit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I haven't really gotten into like moving these massive icebergs of building like huge mansions. And, you know, that's just kind of, to me, you know, you need a lot of big staff for that. Right. So I'm trying to keep really lean, but we're, we're creeping up there with the size of our projects. But, um, like I said, just very high end, um, focus on remodels, um, for homeowners. Like we, we want to find someone that wants to you know, do their dream project. Got it. All right. And um, so you're from originally from Houston, right? Mm -hmm. Did you uh, did you start your construction remodeling uh, experience here in Houston? Or has this uh, like when you moved to Austin, like tell us a little bit about that transition? Sure. Um, So yeah, back when I graduated college, um, I'd always been really interested in real estate. But you know, I just had no idea kind of how to break in. Um, Mm -hmm. Always had this been kind of daydreaming about being a home builder, um, but didn't really know what that meant. So me and one of my teammates, um, I went to Rice, I played football there. And funny enough, like a lot of the guys that are investing with me and stuff, um, they played football with me and some are in the NFL. And so it's just funny how those connections were made. Um, But so me and a teammate um, started a real estate investment company um, Mm -hmm. and we were buying homes foreclosed in in really rough areas of Houston, like a lot of the South side, North side, um, third ward, sunny side, kind of like around uh, the beltway and 610 areas like that. Um, I mean, we were buying these foreclosed homes, like just pieces of trash, you know, the worse shape, the better. What year, um, what year around 2012 is when I started. So we're buying homes. And at the time it was a really, you know, a really big buyer's market. Um, yeah. Just 
super high inventory, a bunch of foreclosures, you know, oil after is super the, low. After the crash. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, we were buying homes for like 30 grand a pop, you know, and, and which, which now is crazy. They've, they're yeah. quadrupled since then, just in yeah. 2012. But what was so awesome is I didn't realize what we were doing. Um, my piece was the general contractor piece, which I didn't even know what that meant at the time. Right. But so you had no experience, zero, no one in my family, really. Um, mm-hmm. We'd have like a couple rental properties that like um, I kind of inherited from my dad, but you know, some like uncles that do like flooring, stuff like that, but nothing right. like you know really into it. Um, so my partner was kind of the due diligence guy. He's like an all numbers guy. Right. Mm-hmm. So he would figure out these budgets that he would just come up with that meant nothing, <laughs> you know, and we would just um, find people to get the work done. The thing that we had for us is another Rice alumni. Um, he played in the league for like 10 years and he owns like 150 properties. Right. So having him as a mentor was massive, you know. Yeah. Um, but anyways, you know, we start going and and the the, the prices that we're doing these things for are just so outrageously low. And I didn't know it at the time, but right. you know, we'd have like a bad roof here. We'd fix a roof for like three or 5,000 bucks for a whole roof, you know? And right. when I say fix, it's more like repair. Like right. <laughs> we weren't doing any of this right. You know, I know that now, but that's, what's good about a rental, right? Is like, yeah. we don't, we're not worried about selling it. We need to get it clean and we need to get it habitable. Yeah. And yeah, like we, we didn't realize all this crap's going to cost us more in the long run, yeah. but so I'm slowly doing these, you know, like these houses, they're all cast iron plumbing. They're all aluminum wiring. And like, I don't know anything about that. We're just getting them up and running. Mm-hmm. But then by the time we do like 10 of these houses, I'm like, Hey, I, I kind of know this stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so I started doing some contract work for like some friends that wanted to do flips and, um, you know, did a couple odds and ends here and there, like nothing too big. I, I probably lost money on all that crap. Right. right. Um, but then I bought my personal home in Houston and I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I want to make this thing nice. And that was like my first upscale, you know, you could say remodel. I put about 110 grand into it. Mm-hmm. Um, which you UGC'd it yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it went really well because my house was built in 2001. So okay. great bones. Right. So like it was almost all cosmetic. We did some minor structural things here and there, but after doing that, um, my confidence just went through the roof. You know, it was mm-hmm. a pretty big project. The house was about 3,500 square feet. Um, yeah. But I took it slow. And then I was just like, you know, I think I can do this thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then I actually um, got my real estate license just to have it. Um, nice. You, I still, thought, you still have your license now? Yeah, I do. I don't, I don't really yeah. use it. but yeah, um, just, just to have yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, well, I have a broker too. And I can still kind of, you know, do transactions with my broker and, and, you know, just, he kind of oversees everything, which is good. Sure. But, um, so I got my license and then there was a huge real estate team, um, from Austin. They're like a top 10 team in Keller Williams that's expanding into Houston. Mm-hmm. And they, I guess they're just looking on these websites of who passes the test. And they saw me and they sent me like one of those emails like, Hey, you know, come join our team. And, yeah. um, it was a little less spammy than all the rest of them. And I, so I called it. And then, um, you know, it promised this like huge salary and all these lofty like goals of being a team leader in Houston. And granted, I'm in law school. I'm like about to finish up law school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to start my own practice. We're going to take over the world in contracting, all this crap. 
And then, uh, and then I get, you know, I get in touch with these guys and um, find out that like, man, they're the real deal. I mean, they're doing like $200 million in commission a year, um, you know, stuff that I, I would never even dream of. Right. And, and this, um, is in, this is in Austin. Yes. Or in they're Austin. in Austin, but they're coming to Houston. Right. Yeah. But when I called, I said, Hey, I'm calling about this $200,000 a year, like team leader job, you know? And they're like, well, we'd like to start you as like a, a junior agent and you'd be basically, and I said, you know what? I'm going to stop you right there. Like, that's just not what I'm looking for. And they said, Whoa, why not? You know? So we get to talking and I meet the CEO who is just like this prodigy. He's not even 30. He has like 10 companies. Nice. He's just like killing it. Right. And he wants to get into investing and he's missing the general contractor piece. Okay. So we end up kind of like just getting together. We're like two rocket ships. We're going to take over the world. Um, we get with this huge investor. I mean, they put up millions of dollars and I'm the CEO of this tech real estate company where we're building homes in virtual reality and selling them before they're even like, you know, we might have like a slab port and we're trying to sell it, you know, like show people the end product before it's framed or anything. Nice. Um, yeah, which was really cool. Um, so, you know, I'm like about to take the bar but I'm like, you know what? I need to jump on this opportunity. The bar will always be there. I could be a lawyer if I want to. We go, we do like maybe five or 10 projects. I mean, freaking awesome, right? I, I'm like, this is my big break. I, I've made it. And then this was in late 2016. Mm -hmm. um, Austin, so this, is, this is still in Houston or you had you moved to Austin? Well, now, now I actually took the jump. I moved to Austin. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm in Austin now. Um, and then probably like a year let's just call it like eight months into it, the Austin market, which is at a record high, starts mm -hmm. plateauing. It doesn't fall, but right. it starts plateauing. There's some longer days on the market. It's kind of in the summer too. So people are like, oh my God, this is it. This bubble's about to pop. Right. So our investor is like, no, it, I, I don't want any part of this. Let's Whatever we have right now, I want to sell it all. So mm -hmm. we had all these lots. We had everything. I just bought a house in Austin. Um, and I, yeah, you know, and, and we sell everything and I'm just out of the job. Mm -hmm. Um, but I had like along the way, there was all these people cause we're doing these really cool projects like quadplexes and these awesome, like custom homes and really cool areas. So mm -hmm. we got, you know, people got to know me a little bit. I got to meet all my trades, um, got to learn all about Austin permitting, which was cool with other people's yeah. money. Right. Um, cause it's very daunting, but, um, so I made a, a bunch of contacts and then, but people along the way were asking me, Hey, my, my mom wants to remodel her kitchen. I was like, no, we're not set up for that. Like we're just building new homes. We're, we're investing. And then, you know, after I didn't have a job, I was like, Hey, maybe I should yeah. go and start like getting back into like some retail stuff, um, you know, working for homeowners. And, um, so basically I just hit the pavement. I, I got on home advisor, which mm -hmm. God, I would never recommend to anyone. <laughs> I think somebody posted that on, on a group, like on a cabinet maker group or something on Facebook. They asked, is uh is a uh, home advisor worth it? Every no. Single no, no. I just wrote oh no. Like, and and I spent such well, the good thing was is you know, I had these investments, so I had a little bit of money, um, not a lot, like nothing that would like sustain me in where I wanted to be. Yeah. But um you know, I was like, okay, you got to spend money to make money. So I'm spending like a yeah. few grand a month on these leads. Dude. <laughs> but I land a couple here or there, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and we got to do like, 
I got to, I remember like my first kitchen, it was like, uh, it was like a kitchen in a first floor. It was like an 80 grand job. And I was like, Oh my God, this yeah. is crazy. You know, at this point, had you started your company branding? Were you still, were you operating under your, you know, your brand or were you still doing it like through as an investor builder slash, um, you know, so like where, when did you make the jump from investor builder to, to your brand now? Yeah. So immediately, which what, what was cool is since this was a startup, like, you know, we came up with the name, we did the logo, we did the website. Like I learned all how to do the branding, you know? Right. And we had this pretty cool brand and I was like, I'm just going to go for it. So I, I immediately, like the second I lost my job, I went to branding because right. I was like, I need to look legit. You know, okay. that was like my biggest thing is like, I want people to come to my website and think that I'm way bigger and, and way better than I am. Um, right. And little did they know, I mean, I'm just in my house. I'm one guy. I mean, but <laughs> appearance is everything, right? Sure. Um, so what was cool is I actually had a couple jobs that we did, like that would work for portfolio stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, all we can show people is our pictures, right? right. Um, so I, I made a badass website. I came up with like a unique logo. Mm -hmm. um, I just like really put a lot of my effort into that. Mm -hmm. Um and I, I think it, I love I, it, by the way. I mean, oh man, I appreciate I, it. I, I've seen the transition over the years and it's just like, you know, it's spot on, you know, it's exactly what I think a homeowner would like. It just, it, it, it brings confidence in hiring somebody, um, you know, to come into your house and rip it all up. I mean, just, you oh, know, I totally like agree. Yeah. Well, cause there's all these different, like, you know, I'm like, do I want to name it after myself? But I'm like, who am I? No one freaking knows me. Yeah. You know, I'm like, do I want to like, I can't be like, some acronym construction, like, or like everyone, I'm like, I need to like make something that stands out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I wanted people to look me up and like think they were hiring a firm, you know, right. like I, I want to be a company. I don't want to be like this guy doing construction. You right, know? right. A team um, or just yeah, like yeah, somebody. That, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I actually started out as Revival Construction. Yeah, Same logo. Yeah. And then, dude. I'm up and running. Things are like good. Like I'm actually starting to generate some referrals. Um, you know, all my branding's working. My website's working. My SEO's starting to take hold. Like all this crap that I spent like a year and a ton of money on. Uh -huh. And then I get this call. Um, hey, um, they said, <laughs> are you Revival Renovations? I said, uh, we're Revival Construction. They said, all right, well, you need to come and get your fucking trash out of my yard. And I said, excuse me? Like, you know, I'm sorry, where do you live? And they gave me the address. They said, you're working next door. And I was not working next door. Oh, man. So, man, yeah, we find out there's revival renovations. Um, uh, I know. And they, they didn't have like a website. They didn't do anything with the Secretary of State. Like there was no way I could find this. Right. And um, Just like a DBA with the county or something? Yeah, not even. It was, yeah, like they kind of filed it after. But uh -huh. so basically how trademark works is like public use. Uh -huh. So- I actually got a lawyer to write something up like, dude, abandon this name. You're giving us like a bad name. And then they send me this proof that in 2012, they had like, they bought business cards with the word revival on it. Oh, uh, gosh. They sent an email to the city in like 2012 and it had it in their signature block. And I was just like, oh my God, like I'm, I, I can't fight this out. I need to just keep moving. So yeah. I had to completely rebrand, dude. Yeah. And this was in like, so this was the end of like, this was like 2017. Okay. And um, I had the worst winter. I mean, I lost all my branding. 
I, I had like <clears throat> all my organic leads were basically gone. I was only working off referrals. The winter came and mm-hmm. I was literally considering like just shutting down. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, my wife is just stressing out so bad. We have this new house. Um, bills are piling up and I'm just like, you know, like I was really considering like, man, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And then I just started hitting all the builders that I knew um, mm-hmm. asking like, Hey, what do you need me to do? We can come do sub work for you. Like, um, you know, I didn't want my guys to go dry either. So I started right. having my guys do work for people, um, which that was a big relief. Like, cause I, I hold a lot of stress about like feeding my people, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, they're, 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 if not your big, one of your biggest, if not your biggest asset, right. You know, um, sometimes you just, you go out of your way sometimes to make oh, sure yeah. that they're even taken care of before you are, you know, just because you want to make sure that, you know, you're fulfilling your commitment. So, yeah. And I mean, yeah. I, I mean, they know this too. I tell them all the time, like, I cannot do this without y'all, but they know they can't do it without me too. It's very, it goes both ways, but still. Um, So, you know, we just barely, we've just kind of barely made it through. I mean, the awesome thing is I never actually didn't pay myself. Like Mm -hmm. from the day I lost my job, I paid myself the same salary I was making and I never missed a payment over that time. But it was, I mean, we were like, one bad thing happens and it'd be like really starting to get really bad. You know, we were like really up against the wall. Yeah. Um, well, that just goes to show, you know, um, that when there's a will, there's a way. You know, if, if anybody's listening and you're a contractor or, you know, you're looking to start, you know, uh, your business in one of the trades, you know, this is a perfect example of, you know, there. it's not always, you know, unicorns and rainbows, but it's not always unicorns and rainbows in any business, you know, yes, you know, our, our work may be a little bit more laborious than other, you know, small businesses, but you know, whether you're, you have a a bakery shop or whether, you know, you do whatever it is that you do as a small business, you're going to have your highs and lows and just, you know, pushing through. And, you know, this is, you're, you're a, you're a perfect example of that, you know? Um, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the same, it's funny because it's, there's so many of the same concepts. It's like, even if you're like a realtor or if you're yeah. like an artist or like, you know, you're, you have to get the leads, right? If you don't have the leads, you can't showcase your beautiful work. Right. You know? Um, yeah. So luckily I had like just enough, like it was literally just like the waves, you know, started crashing and, and like things started working in my favor. I immediately, once I found out those dudes, like that, that was going to be some long legal battle I just rebranded. Just, I was right. like, I'm going to leave it behind, whatever. And yeah. then I just, what was good is I, I, again, this is like my, you know, third or fourth time doing like a startup basically. <laughs> yeah. and then I, I knew the right people to talk to. Like we, we hit the ground running and I would say within six months, it was like a, a, a 180 basically. Mm-hmm. Like we just had, um, you know, I had to lean back on home advisor, which God, I mean, I hated, <laughs> but now, now I don't, I don't use any paid leads. A- anything right. that I'm paying is for Google ads or for SEO for me. Um, right. or like, you know, different, um, uh, like accreditation services and groups like that. Yeah. But, it's just, just to help, you know, it's like a reinvestment back in your company, exactly. not paying, not paying for actual leads itself. So now you, you stopped doing all of the home advisor, you rebranded and you're working on your own leads now. Right. Right. So, I mean, you know, I'm not sure if, if anyone listening, I know you know this, but home advisor, they send three contractors to the lead. So you're always competing with someone, which right. just drains you, you know, you're it's, and, and a lot of the time it's price driven. Right. Um, yeah. 
the good can, thing can, is, can I ask, cause this is something that we covered on the last episode. So, and, and this will be brief, but why do why do you think th- three contractors bidding on the same project is not a good idea? Or do you think it's a good idea? Like what is the pros and cons? Because, you know, on, on the last episode, what I said was basically, you know, that that is just not a good practice. You should kind of look for the contractor itself. Um, and, and, and what you should do is have your budget in mind and then seek out the contractor that you want to work with and then kind of, you know, work back and forth with that one contractor versus just pricing it out with Mm -hmm. three different people and hoping for the best. So, well, I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. I think, you know, there's different ways to do things. I think if you're a homeowner, it's nice to compare. Like I would say you don't want zero bids, but sometimes like if you know there's three people, it's just a race to the bottom. Like it's like, Mm -hmm. well, do you want this done? Like there's, there's two different motivations, right? Are you like product motivated? Like when you want to remove this wall, are you, do you want to get it done at all costs or do you really have a budget that doesn't work for that, but you still want to get it done? You know, like you shouldn't be doing the project if the budget's not right, you know? So I feel like it can promote that race to the bottom mentality. Um, Mm -hmm. And and, and also, you know, you you just have these people like, like it's, it's totally built around the homeowner, which is fine, but the contractor is not taken into account at all. Now on the flip side, when someone reaches out to me, the Mm -hmm. ball's in my court, you know, because because a lot of what I'm doing anyways is I'm vetting someone. I'm going to see if this is, this is a lunatic that I don't want to work for, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and, and the harsh reality is in the first five minutes of me talking to someone, I bring up budget. I will yeah. just say, okay, you know, tell me about your project. Right when they're done, I'll, I'll say, look, just from my experience, you have a minimum threshold of X. If right. that doesn't work for you, then I'm not a good fit. Um, right. and, and I think it's kind of a blunt conversation to have, but yeah. it, it also weeds out those people that are trying to race to the bottom because that's just not what I do at all. Um, right. right. So, so do you, do you think that I, I personally, I think that that's one of the main factors that promotes poor quality is absolutely. People, people that just, like you said, want to just race to the bottom, want to just give a price that they feel like is going to fit regardless if that project is going to take, is, it takes more than what they're willing to spend. They go ahead, they do it anyways. And then because they're just trying to finish the job, maybe not even lose more money than what they've already lost. Now the quality factor goes into effect and nobody ends up winning that way. Well, and then what it tells you is that that person's motivation, there's no winning with a client like that because they don't care about how the job is done. So you can't really win. Like, Mm -hmm. right. So you're already at a lose, lose battle. Like, you know, I've gone to some projects where their budget in dollar amounts, you know, like if you have this massive project and you're trying to do the world, but you know, I don't care if your budget's 300 grand, if it's going to take a million, you know, like, so it it took me a while of doing projects to like, get that like end dollar figure out of my mind, you know? Yeah. Cause, cause it just really does not matter. So what, what was it? Was it, was it a series of bad? Cause for me, what, what that was, was a series of bad jobs. Yeah. Maybe not consecutive, but enough for me to say, you know, this process is not working right. for, for us. You know, it, I can't come into a, uh, one of your, pro- I can't come into a project blindly not having spent more than an hour or two with you, uh, a combination of over the phone and a site visit, and then just give you a price of 50 or a hundred, $150,000 and not know what your expectations are on quality time frame. You know, even if we're going to get along during the, the process to be able to give you 
a price and then be set or committed to that price. Yeah. Right? And, so, and you know what is what, what I started doing is like, um, you know, exactly what you said. It takes a few jobs. Like when you work for the wrong client, your life mm-hmm. is fucking hell. I mean, <laughs> those, those are some of the most picky people ever too. And, and, and they yeah. just, you know, it's like, wow, dude, like, you know that I'm doing this for dirt cheap. But yeah. you're going to tell me that like there's a flake of paint missing, like a little speck here. Like yeah. I had one dude bring in like 15 of his relatives to look over every inch of the house. I mean, it was just like a nightmare. And yeah. I, and and, I, and then now I just know those warning factors from the get go. Right. So like, well, well, how do you how do you deal with something like that? You know, because in that when the 12 people were there, yeah, like what is I was it? already I was already in it. I had to I had to finish it out. I had to do what he mm-hmm. wanted. Um, because I mean, I'm at a point too, where like one bad review is going to really screw me over, you know, Um, we're we're really, unfortunately, I mean, I love our clients, you know, we have a very high, you know, success rate, you know, you do as well, but unfortunately it does take, just take one or two, you know, know. bad experiences to just, you know, make you look like the kind of contractor you don't want to be. Exactly. And I was like, you know what? I will lose money before I make that happen. Right. right. And then, um, you know, we ended up finishing it out. We did everything we could. We, we got out of there with, with the skin of our necks. I don't know how we did it, but, yeah. um, you know, it's just one of those situations where now I, you know, I remember I was hungry. I needed the work or I mm-hmm. thought I did, but you don't ever need a bad job. That's the lie right there. Right. Yeah. Like, not, not all good money. Not all money is good money. Yeah. Yeah. And now, from doing that, I, I can just know within the first five minutes, you will know if the person is a good fit or if you're just trying to press because you're desperate. And right. and I just refuse to take on any job out of desperation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that that's it's funny you say that because that, that's kind of where, you know, we're at right now. You know, I used to be of the mindset of, you know, go big or go home. And now, you know, we're we're because I, I've tried to avoid be putting myself and my team in that situation. Now it's more, you know, quality over quantity. Yeah, know? exactly. So, cause so I mean, mm-hmm. Go well, ahead. in quality over quantity, what I figured out was like, Hey, I did like 10, $100,000 jobs, you mm-hmm. know, like I could either do 10, $100,000 jobs or I can do one, $1 million job. Right. And, or, you know, like you break those up, you have a $500,000 job here, a $300,000 job there. Mm-hmm. It's definitely more daunting, but it's like, you can devote your full attention to this job. You know, it's the same volume, right? But it's like in dollars, but you know, 10 X less in volume of clients. Yeah. So- and, yeah. And I also think that when you, when you price something out correctly, not, you know, you're, you're not necessarily making more money when you just price it out correctly, you know, you tend to give the client more because you, your team, you come in with a better attitude, you know, you're not going to get picked on, you know, that you're not getting taken advantage of, and you just end up doing more because it's just, it's just funner to be in that project. Yeah. And you know what? Like, juxtaposing like this client I have who is like, Oh my God, she's an angel dude. Like all cash, like just dotes on me all the time. But when we met each other, she's in a neighborhood where like the houses are immaculate. Like when we talked, I was giving her perfection. Like Mm -hmm. we both knew that. Right. So like, Hey, this is fun. I want to give you this perfect, amazing product but she knows what perfect costs. Right. Right. So I have no problem. Like, or my guys, they're getting paid a good wage that when, you know, the grout color 
crazy enough, was the same name and number, but a different color by the same supplier. We scraped it all for free and redid it, which is like, you know, it's like, cause you're getting perfect. But that other guy, dude, when we signed up for this, like, you know, you beat me down. Like you knew that you weren't getting perfect. Like we were coming in here, you needed to move in. It needed to be done as fast as possible, but that's never the goal. That that's the thing is everyone wants perfect. So if you can't deliver it, don't do the job. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you meet that client? Uh, in particular, the, the, the lady that wanted the perfection, what was, how did you guys meet or what, what brought you guys together? And funny enough is like this, I met her through her kid went to daycare with my kid and we went, you know, we went to this super expensive, like foo-foo daycare. And like, I, you know, (laughs) I was kind of like kicking myself for doing it, but like, it was such a great school around the corner from our house. And like, I'm just like, wow, like this makes sense. You know, it's like in these environments where these people are, where where they're already paying a premium for like something, you know, like they're, they already like have this value, you know? So then I, you know, I was like, damn it. Like I just stumbled across this. How do I dig this out? But Mm -hmm. then I was like, you know what? I need to go to the source. I'm going to go to badass architects and I, Mm -hmm. because they're, they're already known for a great product. I'm going to bring them a bunch of clients, right? I'm just going to throw them everything. If they want to take it, great. If they don't, don't. So then I start working with this incredible architect, just sending them projects because, you know, they like easy stuff too. It doesn't have to all be great. Right. And then, you know, their contractors get busy and then, hey, you you get someone that's already pre-vetted. You're recommended by the architect. Um, I think that's a great stream, right? Mm-hmm. And then also you know, now that I've worked on that street with that lady, like her neighbors are coming around and getting my number. And, and, you know, it's just like birds of a feather flock together, you know, um, sure. Hitting. Uh, and then, you know, another thing that I'm doing is just like <clears throat> going after uh, different keywords. Like I'm playing around with um, Google ads mm-hmm. and like a lot of the ones that would, I would get a ton of hits on. I, I found there was a lot of tire kickers, a lot of like inexpensive people, but then when you use like luxury remodel or, um, you know, you use like bigger words, like full remodel, um, you know, like licensed contractor, like stuff like that. You're trying to find these people that are searching for those luxury, like high end, like perfection, you know? All Um, right. Let's talk about that a little bit because so what this, what this episode, what I wanted to kind of get out is how can uh, you as a homeowner become part of a contractor's team? Right. Mm-hmm. So the people that the, the homeowners, the clients that you're trying to go after, you know, these are people that, you know, they understand value. They want to get a good product. They know they may know what a good product is. You know, what do you think that like what is your first vetting process? You know, and how do, when you guys meet together, you know, do you want to just explain a little bit about your process? So if somebody um, is in the process of starting their remodel or um, in the planning phase, what is something that they can um, expect from their contractor so they can be more integrated into their project instead of just working, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, as an individual and a contractor working on their house. Okay. So the, the very first thing that we're going to talk about is like, you know, I want to hear about your project, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and am I interested? I mean, what am I asking you? Like if, if I'm just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can tell if I want to talk to you or not. Right. Right. Um, so that's like the first step of the way. Um, then, you know, we get into it more. We always have to break that hurdle of initial budget. Like mm-hmm. the, 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 there's not a ceiling, but there's a floor, 
Like right. if I just take your square footage of your home and I'll tell them like, Hey, our remodels run, you know, anywhere from, you know, 200 to $400 a square foot. And, and like, now let me find out like, what more are you after? You know, how big is the project? How, how small is the project? Like what level of finishes, you know, mm-hmm. and then I'll give them a very, very rough number. But I, but I tell them off the bat, I'm just guessing because mm-hmm. This is my biggest thing. If someone is giving you a number that they're saying they're going to stick by in the first time you meet them, run. Because Mm -hmm. that is impossible for one. And Mm -hmm. for two, that's just someone that wants your business at all costs, right? Okay. Um, So let's let's paint a picture of of what kind of projects you're doing now, just mm -hmm. so a homeowner doesn't think that you're just crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Because you, you have to understand, like, I... I know this, you know, you know this because we're trying to separate ourselves from contractors that have, I think that a lot of the reason why contractors fail, they do poor quality is because they haven't convinced themselves that this is the way that it needs to get done. Yes. You know, they are a lot of, you know, a lot of times they're upside down, they're running to the next project and it's just this vicious cycle that they just need to continue doing it how they've always done it. And if they stop and change their process, they're just going to dive deeper into a hole because they're not going to get the jobs that, you know, priced out at the way that, you know, they they can do it correctly. Yeah. Right? Right, so right. we've had a little bit of time where, you know, we've separated ourselves and now I guess we can afford that luxury to work with clients that appreciate the value that we have to give. Yeah. So, um, so what are some of the projects that, that, that you're doing right now? Like just, if you want to just explain, like, is it kitchens, like open concepts, what are some yeah. of the things that you do, some of the budgets that you're doing just so we can, paint a picture of where this information is coming from. Um, sure. And sure. You apart, you know? and I, so right now I also like being the size that I am, I don't really like to deal with more than 10 projects at any one time. Um, and oh, that's a lot, but, but th- this is kind of the breakdown. There's like, there's usually three that I'm in like feasibility on. Like those are like stuff that we are not working on, but I'm working with an architect, with okay. a designer, we're doing yeah. selections, right? In so this is phases. like, yeah. yeah, this is like pre-con, right? So okay. three in pre-con and I like to have anywhere from like three to five actually working. Okay. Okay. And then, and then maybe like, you know, two or three, like in punch out, like something where like, so the cycle's always moving, right? Everybody, everybody's favorite phase, right? Oh God. <laughs> yeah. You need to, that's what I'm saying. It's like punch out is like, it's a whole, you know, it's a whole quarter of this, right? Yeah, so, I <laughs> yeah, I mean, the punch out phase is like one of the most important, but basically I would say at any given time, like right now I'm working actively on six projects right now. Okay. Um, and I'll just go through the breakdown. So one of them is actually two phases of the same job. Um, I met this woman, um, really great woman, but you know, her budget, she told me she had an all in budget of 130 K. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just told her to do your whole house. That's impossible. Frankly, that is impossible. Yeah, she said, true. okay, what if we phase it out? I said, look, then fine. I will give you an estimate. I'm putting blinders on. I'm going to give you an estimate on your master, your bathroom and your master bedroom. It came out to 75,000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. she needs a new HVAC. She needs all this crap. And I'm just like, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Magically, I don't, of course, she comes up with a bunch more money, right? Um, right. And then do you think she priced it out with other contractors? Like, because she did, she told me, yeah, yeah, there was, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. I was just going to say some, you know, 
I I probably lose a good amount from giving that like based on my last three projects, this is what I know it'll cost us to do. And, you know, sometimes potential clients budgets are a half or a quarter of mine are, but there mm-hmm. are, there are different, I mean, not all cars cost the same, you know, they're, they all run. Yeah, exactly. They exactly. all, they all, they're all brand new. They all have flawless paint jobs, but why are some $15,000 and why are some $200,000? I mean, it just really depends, you know. That's so funny want. that you brought that up because, okay, so, and this story works in perfectly in that. So phase one is like the luxury package. Everything is custom. I was working with a designer. I mean, they picked some high-end finishes. Like I had to order tile from all over the place. Like yeah. we're not dealing with wholesalers, like <laughs> just very custom, right? So yeah, I mean, a master bath and bedroom, around 80K, I mean, that, that, that's right in line. You yeah, know? absolutely. Um, but then she wants to do the whole rest of her house, her kitchen, all this stuff. And I told her like, look, your kitchen alone is gonna be 80 grand. Yeah. And we're already 30,000 over your budget. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the good thing that I have in my favor is in Austin, there are some companies that when I tell you, they will double my bids, dude. Like, yeah. you know, like we're, if we're doing a remodel, like I would say on average, our remodels are about 250 a foot. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhere between 200 and 250, the bigger it gets, the less dollar per square foot, obviously. But they met with this company, a massive company here. And they told them like, yeah, your kitchen's going to be 150 grand. Mm-hmm. And so when they met me, they were like, oh God, like, you know, I know that you're pretty pricey, but like, you know, we really want to get this done. And, and it looks like your quality is, is pretty comparable to them and, and all this kind of stuff. Right. So, um, I, I, I had been having this this scenario where I would meet these people that had these budgets like, you know, they would want to do a kitchen for like 50 and I just couldn't do it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, some of our kitchens like higher end, they'll be like 200K, which mm-hmm. I know is crazy. But there's people that, again, they yeah. want that like Bentley, you know. Right. Um, but then I was like, you know, there's people out here like I had some friends that they just run different business models, huge volume. Um, their quality was OK. It was like BB plus. Right. Um, but they're doing semi-custom cabinets. They're doing vinyl plank flooring. They're, they're, they're dealing with like floor and decor. You know, you go from like a high-end designer from like foo-foo clay tile places to like wholesalers, like home, you know, Home Depot. Home Depot or, yeah, decor, yeah. Right, right. So then I get with uh, this guy that I've been trying to kind of hire and like suck up for the past like two or three years. You know what? I was like, I'm going to bring him in on this. And then what I found was his labor is just like probably half as mine. Um, his suppliers, like, you know, if, if we do kitchen cabinets at 400 a foot, he's getting them installed at like 175 a foot. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they, they, from the outside, it looks pretty good, but you know, you get your hands on stuff and it's just, yeah. it's the cloth seats model. Like it's yeah. the base model, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's why it's so funny when you brought up the car, because I was only focusing on the Bentley stuff, but the biggest market is the base model. Right. Right. Yeah. So I bring this guy in. And what I did was I actually, since he's managing the job, I took a half markup on it that I normally would. And I told the lady from the get go, I said, look, based on like your master, you are not going to be able to do this whole project, but I brought Jason in and I'm going to lean on his subs and I'm going to oversee it. And um, we kind of tag teamed it. This was like the first project we did together. And I mean, it's been amazing. The lady has been super happy. Um, Mm -hmm. She also understood like, this is for the bigger picture. Like, you know, we're getting the whole house retextured, but it's not like we're not doing smooth level five walls here. Right. Um, you know, this isn't like nothing is under 
you know, like everything has to meet a minimum threshold. Like we don't ever go below that, like 85. If it's like a test, like nothing is below a B. Right. Right. But now I'm kind of starting to take on this cloth seats kind of model, like more of a like production grade. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, that's not like my main bag. Right. But so anyways, just like, so there's our Bentley model with our cloth seats model in one job. And it's actually working pretty well. The lady's happy. Um, then I have, um, a project that this lady that I'm talking about, it's a $500,000 project. Um, Mm -hmm. we are barely, we're remodeling a garage apartment, but all the rest of the work is exterior. And, and when I tell you like the level of products that we've chosen are just outrageous, like full custom steel railings, um, e-pay like Brazilian wood decking that, you know, each board is a hundred dollars a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and the deck is over 2,500 square feet. Um, new retaining walls, new footings. Um, and it's important, you know, you, you, you bring up like the wood material, the type of materials that you're using. So your wood, your, your material costs can be two, three, four times as much as what you would get at Home Depot. And I think what sometimes people fail to homeowners or clients that are bidding out these, these, these projects fail to realize is that, you know, making a mistake on one board that costs 10 times as much as it does as Home Depot, it's going to cost you 10 times as much to replace that one board. So you have to be a lot more careful. The finish, you know, are you doing returns? You know, are your reveals, your gaps, everything has to be a lot more done with a lot more time so you can produce a a better quality. So it's not just a switching of the material. Yeah. And let me tell you the difference. So Anytime that we're working with an architect and a designer, everything is spec'd. Like every corner. Is this right. a corner bead? Is this a rounded corner? Is right. this like, show me the dimension where you want the trim like and the tile grout line to meet, you know? Right. Like <laughs> yeah. that's how detailed yeah. this shit is. Like the planning is just outrageous. Oh, right, right. Which which is fine because I'm like, good, it's all there, but it's a book yeah. of information. Yeah. So Now, let me tell you the difference between our cloth seats model. We remodeled a whole house besides the master bath in like less than two months. It took about seven weeks. In in this, in in the Bentley model, the house that we only did the interior of the garage apartment, we've been on it for six months, you know? So, but it's great. I mean, it's a wonderful project, but like, just like what you're saying is like, there is a line of communication where I'm talking to the designer to get confirmation from the homeowner that we're doing this right. We're meeting on site. We're putting up samples where, you know, like everything is perfect. And when I say perfect, like there is not a single imperfection. Like, mm-hmm. and if there is, I'll redo it. I mean, the lady, we put up all of her tile. She's like, you know what? I just don't like it on the wall. We ripped it all out and redid it again. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we charged her for it. She knew it was a change order, but this is just like, the lady only wants what she wants. She does not really care about the price. She doesn't want to be, um, it's funny because when we met, she met a contractor, a big contractor who works in her neighborhood, who just wasn't very respectful with her. Um, He gave her a lump sum bid with no breakdown. And she's like, I just don't feel valued, you know? So Mm -hmm. my estimates, um, again, this is another part of it. They're all fixed cost. I do nothing cost plus. So, if you're a homeowner or new to this, there's two two different main ways that people do estimates. Cost plus is open book. Here is all what I'm paying my subs. Here is every bit of material. And I have a um, usually a fixed margin, like it's like 30%, let's say. Mm-hmm. And that's just what I'm making on the job, right? Um, but what I find in a cost plus model 
is it's great. You feel like you have all this clarity, but there's also these contingencies in there where they're really glorified estimates. Like right. what I do is not an estimate. It is right. damn near exact on the nose because I bid every single thing out. Mm-hmm. If I make a mistake, it's coming out of my pocket. Right. Yeah. You absorb it. Exactly. Yeah. If it's a scope change, mm-hmm. then it's a change order. But, right. you know, so with my bid, when I, you know, and I tell people it takes me sometimes 40 to 50 hours to do a bid. So if I feel like someone's just using me to get price, I say, fine, I'll charge you 2,500 for an estimate. If you have a problem paying me to do an estimate, how are you going to pay me $500,000 to do this project? I have a, I have a question. How long does your planning phase take? Minimum, minimum six months. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Minimum. I mean, I would say I've had projects take a year of planning. And I tell people, go ahead. What, what about like your average kitchen, like a kitchen remodel? Well, uh, again, it, okay. So if we're doing like that semi-custom, like mm-hmm. kind of cloth model, then I just send them to my cabinet. I have a cabinet and countertop company that are great, but mm-hmm. they'll come out, they'll do renderings and they can get that in the same week and then we can go. So mm-hmm. you're talking about, you know, like six months of planning, as, like with an architect fully permitted, right. um, you know, this is stuff that, again, like they want to know every single drawer. They want to know the functionality of, you know, like where each outlet is, right? So you have electric plans, plumbing plans, you know, reflected ceiling plans. But mm-hmm. in these cloth models, this is like kind of napkin drawings. Like, okay, we're not moving any plumbing. That window staying where it is. Right. Everything size for size. You don't get to like, once you go outside that realm, like I tell them, like, look, these cabinets, they only come up to eight feet. Your ceiling's 10. If you wanted to touch the ceiling, we have to go full custom or you have to be okay with that gap, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so it's a lot about setting expectations. Um, is, is there one and, you prefer? Which, is there a type that you, that you I, would ultimately prefer? Yeah, I like, I like to do the full on like crazy custom, like build our dream, dream kitchen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which again is like, if I could like only do that, I'd be okay, but I think I'm still working to a point where like my jobs get big enough and like only the leads I get are that. But I would say it's like 10% of the leads are like the ultra custom, which is that's all I need right now. But now that my SEO's picked up, I mean, I'm getting five to 10 leads a week on people Mm -hmm. that have like a hundred grand to spend. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, gosh, you know, that's tight, but how can we? you know, let me send them to like my floor and decor designer. You can only show them this, you know, right. and, and I'm kind of trying to cater that in a way because I just hate losing leads. Sure. Um, yeah. You're, you're, uh, you're a value one way or another. If they're going to hire somebody might as well hire them, you know, through, you know, working your numbers or having a different approach to that, that particular remodel instead of, you know, doing fully custom or, you know, yeah. just going all out on a project. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, so you have, uh, so you have your, you know, six to ten projects going on now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the things that you feel like um, you don't like from homeowners, or maybe that homeowners can improve on to help, you know, this six month process or three month process, depending on the type of project? Like, what are some of the things that 
are, are your biggest obstacles that when you come across it, you're like, well, I, I really wish that they would have done this or they would have done that. You know? Well, first off, make up your damn mind. If, <laughs> if When you say that you have a timeline and you're the one rewriting the whole plan and, and you're going outside of the whole scope of what we talked about, uh-huh. then this is on you. And I, I don't want to hear you cry that the design's taking forever when, <laughs> when you're rewriting it every time you get something back, you know? So like, there, you know, everyone says, oh, I'm easy. I'm quick. I said, no, you're not. Yeah. You're, you're not because you, you shouldn't be. And that's OK. But like, mm-hmm. you know, some people are like, well, we want to we want to get started within the next month. I said, look, th- I'm going to tell you right now, that's impossible. Maybe three yeah. months if you do everything perfect and you don't change your mind. But, yeah. you know, lo and behold, that's just what always happens. And, and also what, what pisses me off is people giving me a budget. And then by the time it comes to do the project, it's double and we're still doing it. Right. Why the f- did you tell me that? Like, you know, I, I told you from the beginning, like I'm here to help you. Like, you know, yeah. because then I would have just steered you toward all the shit that you really wanted to do in the beginning, but right. I was trying to steer you toward your budget and we just wasted so much time. Do you, do you find that? Like, do you meet people and like their, like their budgets double by the time you start the project? When you get down to that level, you know, we really have to know the client before we start. And the way that we used to do it, it was this approach, you know, where we didn't know the homeowner as much as we would have liked to. After we start the project, you know, um, quality gets questioned, budget gets questioned, timelines get questioned. And I think that was 100% because we rushed the planning phase. Yeah, yeah. You know, everything it's, you know, last week, you know, I, I met with a, with a, homeowner or they're going to buy the home but it's a 3000 square foot house you know they had a budget and they wanted to start you know within the next 2 weeks and I said you know this is just Stop. not going to happen and what happens here which is I definitely want to talk about the Austin market but what happens here is I don't know if you have I'm sure this happens with you there but they say well I have a guy that can, they can start next week you know and it's like I okay say good, well, good yeah Go ahead. And then, yeah. Then I'll see you on the back end and when when it's going to cost me 75% more to undo all that cuz I've done that yeah. before too, you know? Yeah. And, I see you know, now that's the thing that I like. So go ahead. No, no, that that that's it. I mean, I I just wish I I want to reiterate why I did this podcast and it's really just to, to educate, you know, homeowners and contractors, you know, contractors in a way where, you know, we need to start changing our ways. HGTV, Home Advisor, oh, Craigslist, God. that is not the real world, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Contractors, you know, we have a bad name. People frown on how we do business as a, yeah. as a, as a whole, but I would say most contractors we want to do right, we want to, you know, we See, want to do is the key, but there's yeah. some that don't know how. Exactly. And like when you have a guy that's willing to take all the risk that we take and start in two weeks, yeah, that's just yeah. a person that doesn't know how. And yeah. I, I feel sorry for that guy because I think you're right. I think everyone goes in with good expectations. Yeah, for and sure. And it gets really hard in the middle. All their draws are running out because they didn't estimate it properly. Right. Um, but this is why, like, you know, this term design build, this mm-hmm. is one that I actually like because I like meeting someone and like, look, you're, you're choosing me. This is from the beginning. I'm making you spend money. Like you're paying the architect. You're going through me on everything, the architect, mm-hmm. the designer, um, every bit of it. Right. But 
I'm not worried about losing the job. And I'm not worried over this six month period to put in time and effort because it's all run through me. I've already won the job. Like that, yeah. that is an ideal situation. And then actually- It's like yours to lose, basically. Yeah, it is. And, and you know what? I've had jobs where in that six month period, I've not taken it because I knew the client would be a nightmare. And I just told him, hey, um, I, I'm going to follow through and I'm going to give you this estimate for, for you to use. And, and this could be really great, like a tool when you go to find a different contractor. But you know, I just tell them like, I, I don't think we're a good fit for this. I think um, we've gone way out of scope or, or like, you know, they'll design something so far out of their budget that we can't value engineer it. I'm like, look, you have to lose the addition. And they're like, but that's what we want. And it's like, that's why I told you it was going to be X, you know, right. why yeah. is this we're, a surprise? No, I mean, and, and I think this is a good segue into the Austin market because yeah. this market and the building codes here, I'm not sure how familiar you are, but mm -hmm. like we cannot do a project um, if you add anything, if you add an inch to the house, it goes yeah. under a full review. You need full structural engineering. You need, um, you know, a licensed architect. You need a survey. You need tree surveys. Like the process is so outrageous that it is such a barrier to entry that a lot of these clowns, they get left behind. Or, right. you know, you have people trying to go around it, but they just get utterly like crushed. It's, it, it's the worst decision you can make if, if you don't get someone that's familiar with these codes and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, there's so many steps and the inspections are so rigorous, but it's like, it makes us do things the right way. Like, like yeah. it. that's what I tell homeowners. I'm like, look, it's going to suck. Like you're paying the city money that like, you know, it's not really that fair. Like you're just throwing money out the window, you know, but you're also like, you're holding me accountable. I know you love me, but right. you don't know what I'm doing inside your walls. Like, right. so when those inspections come through, you'll know that I passed everything. Like, right. you know, it's just another layer of protection. And, and as a newcomer, um, to learn it was super tough. I mean, I was getting my ass kicked. I, I was going down to the city every single day, just mm -hmm. getting rejected, rejected. I, I would fail an inspection five times, mm -hmm. but I learned how to do a very high level, like sophisticated way of building because they put me through the fire you know yeah, and now that's just that just becomes how you build and just yep. makes your process a little bit here you know um i'm in the county i'm in you know northwest yeah. houston uh, we don't even have a code here you know we don't have any inspection so dangerous it's, it's tough for someone like you yeah who would make you you would do fine here because you do all the same right yeah yeah, I'm not doing things incorrectly. You know, we're doing everything the way, like based on a national code, but you do have your guys that I have to compete with that they do, they don't care to start in, in a week or two. Uh, they don't necessarily do things the way that it's supposed to do. Like I've, I've gone into homes where, you know, maybe they asked me to, you know, do a second part of their home and because a current contractor that they're working with or whatever is not doing it the right way. And I look at the shower pans and I look at, you know, some of their drywall and, and you know, it's hard to tell the contractor, uh, I'm sorry, it's hard to tell the homeowner while I'm there, like, you know, your house, you is, yeah, your house <laughs> is, is really bad, you know, especially after Harvey, you know, we oh, had, we had a lot of people that I visited their homes to do the second floor, tons of work that I've passed on because on the second floor, it still hadn't been renovated and their first floor was completely renovated. And I walk in and, you know, I give them a, a like you said, a, a, a general scope of work and a general price, you know, nothing really concrete because it's just, it's a lot of work and I have to put some time into it. 
And I'm like, yeah, this is going to be fifty, sixty thousand dollars to do a couple of bedrooms and a and a and a guest bathroom. And they'll look at me and they say, that's impossible. My entire first floor with drywall and everything was done for forty thousand dollars. Yeah. How's my upstairs? And that's no kitchen, no master bath, you know, no flooring, no no drywall. Great. You know, they're like, how can how can the entire second floor cost more than the entire first floor? And I'm like, well, you know. I, because your first floor was not done the right way. Like, what do you want me to tell you? You know, yeah. I mean, and when you like, when you look at like all the different, you know, so in Austin, we can't even only a master. I have to have a master um, mechanic um, contractor. I have to have a master electrician and a master plumber, and they all have to pull their own permits. I can't even pull them. So yeah. under you your have, general permit. Yeah. I, so. Mm-hmm only masters in the trade can do the work and like dude these inspections i mean i'm telling you they're they're just outrageous like outlet spacing um arc fault breakers on everything um we have to upgrade panels we have to abandon old wiring i mean you know like i said it's nuts it drives the cost up for sure Mm -hmm. but there's just like if if it's permitted there's a level of professionalism that -hmm. comes along with that you know Mm -hmm. because you don't have a handyman rewiring a house Right. What well, what's your biggest selling aspect? Like what if you were to meet with a new homeowner um and it, for for uh, for us it's it's hard to translate quality. They yeah. Uh, homeowners just don't understand that it's building a cabinet one way is not the same as building a cabinet another way, you know. Laying flooring down one way is it's just not the same as doing it another. So it's hard for us to sell that quality you know, yeah. without them actually coming to a house that we've done and literally pointing out every single thing that we've done. So, you know, what, what is something that you guys sell on, you know, when you're meeting with a homeowner? Well, and to that point, I think it's hard to sell on that because the people don't know what that means. Right. Like, you know, what, basically what I tell them is like, you know, you're, you're about to take, like, you're about to write a thesis in a different language that you don't know. I'm your <laughs> translator. You know, like I'm selling myself and I'm just like, you know, um, how I'm selling is like, look, like I'm very, very um, communicative. Like I I am just always checking in with them. Like I'm always on time. I'm following up with every deadline. Like even when they push me off, I'm the first one to reach out and say, hey, you know, I know we talked about X, Y and Z. How is that coming? And they're like, wow, like this guy remembers, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's those ways that I outshine everyone that I'm like, you know, when they send me a text, they're getting a response right away, Mm -hmm. you know, at a reasonable time. But um, another thing is the bidding process, I feel like is when I can really flex my muscles. Um, Mm -hmm. Like when I bring like 10 people out to their house and and, and we start asking them all questions and we're doing walkthroughs and and, and they're just like, oh, my God, like this guy knows his shit. You know, yeah. before uh, they, they even started yeah, and they see me conducting, I'm just like in there, like, you know, and I'm showing off a little bit and I'm yeah. telling people to do this and that, and let's check this, that, which is all stuff we need. Yeah, but it's like, to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, here's a tiny like picture of like what this is going to go like. And here's what I can do, even in my estimates. I mean, when I give someone an estimate, it's like 14 or 15 pages long. I mean, mm. the the verbiage I use, the I specify, like I put the whole lumber package, every single window, every single door. I give them allowances for every single light and plumbing fixture. Like, so when mm. I tell them, like, look, I am turnkey, you know, the, the price might be a little higher 
than some other folks or like what you thought it would be. But that's just because you don't know what it's going to cost. So when you see like this is including every single thing that you are going to need in this project, and then they're just like, wow, like mm-hmm. th- th- that's where like they're like, well, if this guy is that good, he hasn't even started on our house yet. Mm-hmm. then he's got to be good at the rest. Um, another thing is like, you know, we just won a, an award for. Um, yeah, I saw that. yeah. I mean like that, that kind of stuff is like, I've been gunning for that for a while. And it was a lot of competition. Um, it was a national. Uh, Association. Yeah. I was going to say, let everybody know what, what is it? What was it yeah, for? It was the National Association of the remodeling industry. Um, mm-hmm. NARI, which is a big organization. Um, yeah. They have a big Houston chapter too. They're all over the nation, but um it's called the contractor of the year awards. And we won for a uh, best interior up to 250,000. It was 100 to 250 K. And awesome. our project was like right at like two thirty or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you win something like that. Um, then again, you know, you start working with these people. Like when I introduce them to an architect and they look at the credentials of that architect and that architect wants to work with me, they're like, okay, like this guy's doing something right. You know, mm-hmm. um, when, you know, I'm not bringing like labor into their house. Like I'm not just picking up guys from Home Depot. Like right. all of my guys are very, very um, well-spoken, just mm-hmm. so courteous. I mean, like the, the you know, we're, we're just showing these people like, hey, I know you're super vulnerable, like, but we're going to treat your home as it's ours. You know, I think that stuff is what you can show them. You can't show them like your work until you start doing it. You can show sure. them pictures and give them walkthroughs of other houses and stuff, but I don't. I'm not sure that they even care at that point. I think they just believe in me so much that they're ready to go. Nice. Okay. Um, is there any advice for homeowners that you want to give as far as again just going back to how they can be part of your team? So you, you mentioned um, be be decisive, right? Yeah. Um, and that's like on fixtures, you know, th- things of that nature. What what else is there? Anything else that you feel like can help the 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 process move, move. Yeah. Be, be honest, like be vulnerable, yeah. like th- lay all your cards out there. Tell them like, you know, if, if anything, like if, if we're not a good fit, we need to hash that out in this time. So yeah. don't be afraid. Like, even if you want me to work for you, but if, if the prices I'm telling you are not a fit, if my mm-hmm. timeline is not a fit, if anything I'm doing, you don't like, or maybe you do like, I mean, the more honest you can be with me. Like I tell people like, we're about to be in a relationship together. Like the amount of texts that we're going to send back and forth and the amount of times we're going to be on the phone, we're like going to be married for this project. You know, I'm going to be living in your house. Um, You need to be upfront with me. Like tell me everything because it's so funny. Like people are like, well, I don't want to tell you my budget. You'll just make your price my budget. I I just laugh. And I said, you know, like, despite what a lot of people say, this isn't like a used car salesman situation. My, my prices are what they are, absent what you're saying. I'm mm-hmm. just figuring out if your expectations are in the ballpark for me to put any effort toward bidding this project. Right. So I think that goes the farthest way. Like, follow your gut. You know, if you like someone and, you know, there's obviously like snake oil salesmen. But, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think that stuff gets weeded out fast. Um I think just don't be afraid to bother your contractor. Keep asking them tons of questions. Like on stupid little things, you know, if they're attentive to you and they make you feel valuable, you know, Mm -hmm. just approach it how you would, like if you were dating, like, you know, do you have self-respect? Do you want to be treated the right way? Um, 
seek that out in your contractor. And, and the more vulnerable and honest you are, like when someone tells me my budget is X, I cannot go over X. I say, okay, great. Then let me tell you what we can do for that. Mm-hmm. Right. But if your budget is really double that, then you just screwed yourself because yeah. I'm not going to give you that. We're just mm-hmm. not, it's not going to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, I, I'd like to think I know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, no, it, yeah, I, again, just going back to just having this bad stigma, contractors in general, I mean, I think homeowners need to just have trust when they see a contractor that they feel like they can work with, you know, you can't expect the contractor to, you know, work with licensed plumbers, electricians, HVAC, been in business for 10 years, have these reviews, they have this, that, the other, and then still walk into it with, you know, like walking on eggshells, you know, you have to have, yeah, yeah, we're, we're putting in just as much, if not more on the line, working on a hundred, $200,000 project as the homeowner is, you know, yes, that's your home. You know, yeah, it's your home. It's, you know, it may be all you have. It may be your life savings, uh, but this is our business. It's all of our life savings and everything we have too. We don't want to mess this up. You know, we want to exceed your expectations and more, but you can't go into any kind of relationship where one party is giving it all they got and another party is withholding half of it and then expect a good outcome. Well, and and a lot of what I tell people too is uh, the biggest hurdle that I probably have to overcome is trust. And, and, you know, I tell them like, you know, before we start a job, we have to have 50% of the money up front. Like I will not do a job without that. Right. So I tell them. Let me, let me hit on that real quick. I'm happy you said that. Um, I have heard from some in the industry that you shouldn't have to have a deposit. If you're a reputable contractor, you should have your systems in line to where you shouldn't require anything up front. No, I think that's complete. I think that you're setting yourself up for failure because you know what? I need you to have skin in the game because I am in this for the long haul. And how you know I am is because I don't have one single person in my career. You can't look up one person that I have not delivered 100% on. You know, and like that guy that I wanted to strangle him because he brought 15 of his family members to do the craziest punch out we've ever done. I came through for him, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like, so that's the thing is like, look, I need that money because I pay my guys like that. That money that you give me, you can be, I can kiss it goodbye. Basically, the second it touches my hands, I'm buying all your material. I'm paying all my guys and we're running full speed. Right. So. I what mean, if a homeowner tells you, yeah, well, you know, what if after, you know, you should have lines of credit, your contractor should have some kind of funds or reserve. And I'm not a, a week- bank. I'm not a bank. Mm-hmm. I'm like, go, go get a loan. I mean, seriously, I'm, I'm dead serious. That, that to me is you're already telling me that I shouldn't work for you because you want me to be your bank. Then let me charge you interest on that. You know, mm-hmm. no, that's not how this works. Like, yeah. There, there's people in this market that have the cash and they will do it. I mean, I'm doing an $800,000 job right now and I got a 50% deposit for it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's like that is and, not. And I bet and I bet that goes out the window in the oh first, my God. you know, the, month. Framing, yeah. the framing and, and the cornice. 
which is like all of our exterior sheeting and siding and windows is $150,000, you yeah. know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, like, but that's the thing. It's like, you could, that is so insulting for you to say, like, pay for my job. Like, mm. whoa, no, like, you know, then, then you're just setting yourself up for a lawsuit. Right. I mean, yeah. honestly, it's even more stressful for me to take such a sum of money and oh, like yeah. be a good steward of that, you know, but we sequester that we have, you know, like trust accounts and, you know, we have like, you know, all of this software. Um, yeah. Make sure uh, but, you track everything. Yeah. I don't want money that I'm not going to use immediately. Oh, but and, and Yeah. On the contrary though, I also don't, like you said, that's a good way of saying, you know, we're, we're not a bank, you know, we, we can't finance your project, whether it's one day or one month, you know, there isn't, uh, we're, we, if you want to work with us, we're not structured in a way to yeah. where we can finance your project, even, even one day. I mean, or it's just, if you want it to be like that, then go through a bank. I'll do it right. with a third party holding the money. Like right. if we're doing a bank loan, the bank won't give you 50% upfront, right. but if we're doing bank draws and, and, yeah fine but no if if we're not using a bank then i need half of that money to really lock you into the project too because you know mm -hmm. what what if what if you want to change your mind or what if you um of course if like a death happened or like yeah of course you know, anything that like i didn't already spend i would give back but right. like you know you want to move 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 but you don't want to pay me that money i mean that's crazy to me mm -hmm. um, so so you're you're banking on your reputation yes yeah. and and Right. And that's why, you know, it took me, I would say like three months of like turning down jobs and feeling sick to my stomach that I was going to go under um, mm -hmm. to where I started. Like, you know, cause I, I just had this like kind of philosophy. I don't know where I heard it, or maybe I just kind of like fell into it. Like you're going to catch the type of fish that you're fishing, fishing for. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, if I'm just looking for trash fish, like easy catches, I'm using like you know, all the like stink bait and like crappy stuff, but you know, <laughs> I'm out here, like I'm out here fly fishing with like expensive lures and I'm like looking for the trophy fish, you know? And if, mm -hmm. if, if I just keep on that, I know I'm going to land one. And then when you do, Oh my God, it's the most beautiful thing in the world, dude. Like yeah. some of those massive clients. I mean, I had a, a client um, that we had such a good relationship and, and I mean, I even broke my own rule. Like I, I didn't, uh, make them pay for the change orders up front. We told, we racked up a hundred grand in change orders and I'm sweating. I'm like, Oh my God, like this is it. I just backed myself into the corner and I show up to her house and um, we're just talking. And she said, you know, I'm about to go on vacation. Can I just pay for all the change orders right now? And she just writes me a check Yeah. without even saying anything. And I'm just like, this is such an incredible person. You know, I, I, I bet the next day on the job site was like the most productive day oh, ever. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of homeowners, they think like you, you know, they may think, and I hope that homeowners that are listening don't think that I'm, you know, I'm not painting a blanket, you know, a uh, picture here. Some may think that if they do that, you're going to just, all, you know, go on a vacation. No, you, what you do is the very next day, you yep. pay for everything that you owe and you make it more productive to wrap up, you know, on a good note, on yep. a better note, you know, that, yeah. so. And I mean, that's what I'm saying is like, when like I'll go through and, and I mean, it looks good. It's like, let's just say an 89, like, but I don't like that line. I'm like, guys, we got to yeah, redo it. You know, but, but when my guys, like when they're getting paid like that, they are so self-policing, like yeah. they're so OCD. They want it to be perfect, you know? Yeah. 
and, and and they're there when I'm not there, like talking to the homeowner. And, and she just, all, all she could tell me is like, um, you know, these are the most professional, amazing people I've ever met. Like every single person you brought into my home. And it just makes me so happy because those are the types of people that I try to work with, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, and I don't mean to like bring up these dollar amounts and like brag or whatever. I'm just saying like, you would think like, just because people are cheap, like, you know, like when you're dealing with pennies on one end and like thousands of dollars on the other, like mm-hmm. you can use all the same principles. There are people that have all the money, they're willing to spend it and they just want the same product. And whether we're doing a half bath or we're doing, you know, an addition, it's the same philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that the dollar amount doesn't really matter. You know, you can be, you can do a quality job for a thousand dollars. You can do a quality thousand dollar job and you can do a quality $200,000 job. What you're going to do though, that's, that's the difference. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, you're, right. you're not going to do the same thing, but yeah. you can do it, you know? So I think when homeowners, you know, they reach out to, to contractors, you know, one thing that they have to, they have to realize is that the value that you give is what you need really need to compare, not necessarily the price. Yes. So it's like, what I tell people is like, look at my past projects. I'm going to show you a project that's similar to yours and we could go walk it if you want. But like, you know, I can show you this job. I'll just show you all the pictures. Like, do you want it to look like this? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that kitchen costs 150 grand. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and here's why, Um, you know, we're trenching the slab where, you know, we need a whole new sub panel because of all the new appliances you're putting in. Like, and that's just the stuff that I feel like it's not information overload, but it's just like a lot of people I've seen estimates where they want to be really vague because they don't want people to like pick apart their estimates, but mm-hmm. I am exact opposite. I want to mm-hmm. be so detailed that when people see that dollar amount, like what I find is when people can comprehend what they're paying for, they're way more willing to pay it. They just want to know, like, why is it so expensive? When I have like a, a you know four paragraph explanation of what we're doing, they actually ask less questions. Right? Is this why your estimates take so long to? I mean, or, or your planning? You know, you know. So, not rushing into a project. I think that's a, something that you know, homeowners and contractors too, you know, if you don't want to get stuck in a project where you're hating yourself at the end of the project, like, why did I take this project on? I knew I was going to lose money. You know, um, why are, why is the homeowner and my team on two different pages? You know, I knew what I was going to build going in. Why isn't the homeowner happy with what I've built? I think a lot of that is just don't rush into the project so quickly. You know. Well, it's also like when when you're both finding out what you're building, like after you're building it, (laughs) that's the problem because now you're just now you're just talking about assumptions, right? Yeah. You don't make assumptions. Like that that's why like so many inclusions and exclusions are in my estimates that like Mm -hmm. we know exactly what we're doing. It says right here, like I am not purchasing X or you know, we are not touching x you know like because i have people come back when when we specifically laid this out like in verbal communication like multiple times yeah like like, just remember this mirror wasn't included exactly and and it's in the contract as well by the way and then they're wondering why you're charging oh well you know you're supposed to supply 
the vent hood and I and I just show them the provision where it says, you know, vent hood will be purchased by homeowner installation only, you know, and they're just like, oh, mm-hmm. and I'm like, did you even fucking read this thing? Yeah. Like that's yeah. another thing. Read you like if a contractor, I don't care how lengthy it is, read the whole thing. Like yeah. you're about to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, like know exactly what you're spending your money on. Do you think a homeowner well, I know one thing's for sure because I've uh, friends of mine that have listened to the podcast, they've asked me if they if I am afraid that I will turn off homeowners by having this podcast to begin with, but I knew I knew going into it I I would, but those are probably homeowners that if I did move forward with the project, the project probably wouldn't be as seamless as possible. Do you think like just disclosing this or, or, or having your point of view as far as what you think a homeowner should do, a homeowner's responsibility, you know, do you have any fear of that? Like that somebody would listen to this and say, you know, I, I heard, I heard John and, you know, he was very adamant about certain things. And, you know, for that reason, I don't want to work with him or I don't think that his approach is, is correct. Like, what do you think about that? Well, and that's the big lie, right? Like this is, this is the whole problem. If I need to withhold information from you to win your job, there is something wrong there. Like mm-hmm. this, is going to come out do you want it to come out when you're at the point of no return and like mm-hmm. when i kind of like pulled the rug out from under you no yeah. like, which is what a lot that, that's a lot of sales that's a big sales technique of a yeah. lot of contractors they'll give you the price that you want and then they'll pull that exactly. rug underneath you after they've torn everything out yeah. oh well you know what this uh this is a load bearing wall after all yeah. all they had to do is go into the attic to check and they didn't and yep. then now you, you're stuck with a ten thousand dollar change order yep. And like, to me, that is disgusting. And like, I can't sleep with that. So like, you know, I I am a very, like, I'm obviously like a lot sweeter. And I I say this in like more euphemistic ways than I'm telling you. I mean, Mm -hmm. when I get a really good relationship with a a client, we talk this candidly, but you know, Mm -hmm. I'm a little softer, but the same information is being said because if it's not, I'm doing you a disservice. I'm literally scamming you. Like- You know, so by me, like if someone thinks like, "Ooh, I don't really want to tell them what it's really going to cost because I'm going to shoot myself in the foot. You're a piece of shit, you know, like, <laughs> right. I mean, like that's yeah. messed up, dude. Like, yeah. You know, and, and um, yeah, like th- there's definitely ways where like I always tell people like, look, if you hear something come out of my mouth, I'm overestimating. I'm always going to tell you it's going to take longer and cost more, you know, yeah. but I tell them the only way that we're going to know is if I bid this thing out. Mm-hmm. But I need you to know that it can cost this. And have you, do you ever have you ever charged for estimates? Yeah, I've I charge sometimes I charge up to twenty five hundred dollars for an estimate. Yeah, but it's, it's all credited back to the job if they hire me. Um, but I had a you know if I feel that people um, are they have cold feet and uh, they're looking to get numbers, and I just tell them like, hey, I'd, I'd love to do this, and, and my estimate's going to be valuable to you either way. But mm-hmm. I, I need to be compensated for my time because it um, takes a because they're not really estimates; they're just guesses if you don't spend time on it. Yeah, and that, but that's what's so crazy is like if people don't want to hear that, like it's just like, do you think that I am some sort of a magician that I can look at your house and tell you what the price is? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that, uh, on this estimate that I went to last week, it was 
it was a hundred and fifty thousand dollars or more, and mm-hmm. her budget was sixty thousand dollars. And she said that there was another contractor that showed up for about an hour or two and was going to get back to her with numbers. And in my head, I wanted to tell her like, this guy's, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just going to completely lie to you because there's no way that you can get that kind of scope of work with looking at it for an hour and get you any number that's close to what it's really going to cost. Yeah. And I tell people, I tell them, give me a month and I'll get you an estimate because it takes me you know, and sometimes I'll come back in like two weeks, but I can't do an estimate. And like, if I actually sit down and spend like five working days, like five hours a day, that's like basically what it takes me to do the estimate, you know? Yeah. No, it, it, yeah. on, on bigger projects, you know, if we're doing, and I mean, you know, sometimes like, you know, uh, people want to bid without any architecture or structural plans. And I'm just like, yeah. what am I bidding? Right. Yeah, like it's just yeah so so let me tell you how this works we're going to sit down with an architect all of us and then when the architect's designing they're going to come up with some great stuff but i'm going to reel them in because we have a certain budget to keep here and that's why i'm in this process you know mm-hmm. and i'm still not guaranteed the job that's another thing i just spent six months on a three hundred thousand dollar addition that um it was a design build where you know uh, my, my architect went through me, we permitted and everything, but I never did a contract. Um, cause I don't really know how to do like a construction. Yeah. But, you know, like, uh, I don't know how to do one without like actually engaging in it. Like, I mean, I guess we could do like a pre-con. Right. Like a pre-designed contract. Yeah. yeah I still want to give them the option to back out because I don't want to force them into yeah. a project or what if they just decide not to do it. And, and basically I don't know if he decided not to do it, or hire someone else, right. but he said, Hey man, you know, after thinking about it, um, and I knew it, it, like their budget was really tight and we did a lot of stuff to make it work, but they had some pretty lofty goals. Like we're doing like 10 foot long telescopic glass doors. And I'm like, look, that's just not what someone puts in when they're on a budget. You know, yeah. I said, let's remove those damn doors and let's put in the semi custom cabinets. I mean, no. I mean, but Chip and Joanna Gaines, they put it in, oh, in two weeks. And- forever, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, maybe with all their donated labor and, uh, you know, all the materials that the suppliers donate because they want to get on the show. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, that was frustrating, but it was also like, just like what you said, those people that like, if they hear something come out of my mouth that doesn't sit right with them and they don't want to work with me, no hard feelings. I'm glad because that's just how it's going to go. Like when you want this stuff done right, I'm driving the ship and like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's at your direction. But like I have my hands on the wheel. So like when I need to go a certain way or do a certain thing, I I do it, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, a perfect example. I think some of the best ways what I tell my clients is construction is just crisis management. That's all we're doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) at at all times. We're just putting out fires constantly. We are, (laughs) you know, just like preventing the world from ending at every step of the way. Um, Yeah. What I tell them is like when I say it's perfect the the product the end product will be perfect but the process will not yeah yeah. especially when they want to live there and all this nonsense and like i'm just like look your life is going to suck for the next six months but you're going to have a lifetime of this is going to be a dream you know um but what i basically say is like things are going to go wrong and there's going to be a lot of them but when you're going to be happy that you hired me is when they go wrong you'll see how i respond and i have a great story for this um we, we were doing this, this is like 100 and 
maybe 140,000 total job. We did like a deck too, but mostly a kitchen. And um, it was this huge, we took out a 30 foot long load bearing wall. Um, I had a structural engineer that I use all the time, um, mm-hmm. but he's, he's very like a, a builder's engineer. Like if you tell him, like, I want this done, he'll get it done. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he specs out this beam, a wooden beam. We put it in 30 freaking feet long, dude, a wooden beam. And like my well, friend, like five by 22, yeah, yeah. like yeah, just it was a know. massive power beam. It was like, yeah, like eight and a half by 14 or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I'm like, dude, this thing is massive. Like it's bigger than like a railroad tie. I mean, it probably weighed like 600 pounds or something. Yeah. My framers, those are, like, those are fun to put oh, in. Yeah. <laughs> my framers are like telling me like, Hey, I really don't think this is going to work. And you know, that's another thing. Like I always got to trust my guy's instinct. I I should have at that time. I should have known. I should have asked more questions, but the engineer wrote up a letter. He signed it. We put it in. He came out, he wrote a compliance letter that it was done right. And it was fine. The freaking ceiling is sagging, dude. His upstairs, the crown molding was cracked about an inch and a half. And I just said, there is something very, very wrong. So I hired another engineer to come in. He was like, this is grossly undersized by about 10 feet. And I'm just like, so I said, we we put up our supports back in the middle, jacked it all back up. And I just told the homeowner, look, I'm going to get this right. But my engineer like screwed me and I'm going to be honest, or he Mm -hmm. made a huge mistake. Um, we ended up having to pull out that beam and put in a steel I-beam, dude. Oh, man. A 30-foot-long, 1,800-pound steel I-beam. And I ripped it out. I put in the steel one. The mm-hmm. homeowner loved it. And he said, you know what, man? I was pretty worried there for a little bit. But how yeah. you handled that was like the best thing that I've ever seen. And now I have even more confidence in you. And I would recommend you to anyone because, you know, I, I it wasn't like – me blaming someone else or like I could have put the whole job at a halt and made the engineer pay for it. No, like this is on me. I'll let the dust settle later, but I'm going to handle this right now. And 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 so you went through the process of an engineer, you know, just the whole process that a contractor should go through. Yeah. What happens with a contractor that charges a quarter or half less? They leave. Yeah, they'd be gone, right? Yeah. And, and and another thing that I wanted to bring up earlier, a huge red flag should be like, does this guy have a brick and mortar shop? Right. Is he online? Is his address online? Is his website there? Yeah. Like if, if this guy can fly by night, that's what he's going to do. You yeah. know, I mean, you know where my house is. My house is on the freaking internet of where my, my office is, you know, like. My cell phone number is on my website, on all my trucks, yeah. that like my, you can literally call and that's the number that, that we have. Yeah. And home, sometimes homeowners, that's not good enough. You know, I don't know why. Well, I know why it's because there are bad stories of contractors, but at some point I think homeowners just need to do a lot of their planning, a lot of their vetting of their contractors way ahead of time of when they need to, so they can reach out and, you know, just do things, the right way, find the right person to do it. So, and honestly, Frank, uh, you are, I mean, just looking at like your branding and your, I mean, dude, for even for a company to have one truck is like mm. that right there is just so much legitimacy. How many do you have? Like eight four. or something? <laughs> no, just four. Four yeah. trucks, though. I yeah. mean, that's crazy. Like, you, you, you're not dealing with the right people, dude. If someone yeah. thinks that you aren't the right guy, I mean, at a certain point, you have to look around and just say like, well, 
you're dealing with a person that they just don't like the price. So what does all the glitz and glam and like professionalism after that matter? Right. No, absolutely. And those are, those are, those are isolated incidents, uh, incidences, you know, these are, these are questions that are just coming into my head, you know, as far as I, I do think that Houston and and Austin are two different markets. You know, I think that we we thrive here because we have always tried to give more than you know what the next contractor can give down to you know the the way that we you know give our proposals to where we start work. You know, it's just questions that I would like to kind of answer if it's in the mind of another contractor that's listening yeah. that may be starting off like, should I be so honest with a homeowner in telling them the things that you're saying, the things that I know are true? you know, and, you know, what effect will that have on my business? Because I think a lot of smaller contractors or contractors are starting off. They don't are, they're not so honest with homeowners because they feel like, you know, it's difficult to be in this business to begin with. They need the work because, you know, they have to feed their families and they'll go with um, the lower price by because simply because the homeowner said, you know what, I have another contractor that can do it cheaper and they feel that pressure and they go ahead and do it, you know, yeah. but I think that is a game that homeowners play. And, and unfortunately contractors also they're forced into playing and then nobody ends up winning. And oh, then no. the only finger that ever gets pointed to is towards the contractor. Yeah. You know, when I, I think, unfortunately you know, <clears throat> homeowners are a big, a, a big reason in, in the bad stigma of contractors. I think homeowners often they enable contractors uh, into these bad behaviors of accepting jobs for less than what they need to be. I mean, and that's a, at a, at a base price, you know, we've all been there, but I think oh, yeah, for sure. what is happening. Yeah. And, and I think what is happening is this whole HGTV era, like Instagram, like it's all great. These are all beautiful and stuff, but yeah. then you know, you have all these people that have super expensive taste, but then it's these investors, these like flippers yeah. and like people that like want to come in and like, you know, crush it in real estate or whatever. Those are the people that are like ruining our industry, you know, because I see it all the time. I see it on these forums on Facebook, like, no, you, you, what, what, when you like throw out a price or like, if you like post a picture online and someone quotes you a price to do that before they ever step foot in your house. Right. Come on, dude. Yeah. Like that's no, I, I, you know, I think, uh, my client base might be 5% or less, uh, investors. I mean, and, and it may be an investor that I've already worked with before. Um, I worked, with uh, some of the top investors in the nation. I mean, top, you know, five largest portfolios in the nation. I mean, these these companies that I work with, they were real estate investment trusts. And that's where, you know, maybe five, 10 years ago, you know, we did a lot of this kind of work. And um, I have enough experience to know that that's not the market that I wanted to be in then. And it's definitely not the market that I want to be in now because the end user, the end buyer is not the person paying for it. It's going to be somebody else and they, therefore they may not care for the quality so much. Absolutely. I think what ends up happening is a lot of those people that are in the real estate investing realm end up um, start creating a sector for themselves to also do remodeling 
and they are oftentimes our our competitors and, and those, they have that's it right there what was that those are the culprits like yeah that's the people that are just like you know pumping out this like just crap you know yeah. and, and and that's what's happening it's just like degrading you know because i mean dude you're a craftsman i mean the stuff you do is magnificent you know I mean, it really is, man. I'm, I'm telling you like and you're someone that i've always admired and, and tried to learn from and you know i'm just so glad that we keep in touch yeah but I- absolutely so so i'll tell people you know we met through you know facebook a lot of the people that i've met that i probably wouldn't have had a chance to meet you know in the real world because you know you're busy i'm busy and you know, meeting new friends, new people, the older you get, it just gets harder and harder to do, you know, the more time we dedicate to our families and stuff. But uh, we ended up meeting and we've met before, you know, you've toured my shop and we were, it was just, you know, we, we've had a, a pretty, you know, fun pass as far as getting to know yeah. each other. Um, I've seen some of your work and I asked you to be part of the podcast and you're actually one of the first people that I thought of when I'm like, you know, wh- who are some of the people that, that I can help uh, that, that can help me, you know, shed light on how it is that I do business just so I'm, so I don't sound like I'm the crazy person. Yeah. You know, there are far more people that want to do right, that want to, you know, uh, produce a very good product. And unfortunately, or fortunately, there's a, there's a price to pay for that. And most of what you get in the real world is not what you think you're going to get because, you know, prices just, they don't match up with the quality that you, that you're going to expect. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, I mean, um, so that, that's, that's a lot of information, man. It's a ton. (laughs) And I hope I didn't, um, you know, I, I wanted to be really honest and speak really candidly, but you know, of course, like it's all out of respect. Like the reason why I am so honest and like, you know, I have nothing to hide. I, I want people to know my intentions. I, I want people to know what they're getting into before they hire a contractor. And you know what? I even tell people like, whether it's me or not, like I'm here to answer some questions. Like if you, if you're just like curious about something like, Hey, this guy said he could do this. Like just, mm-hmm. just call that, call that guy that came out that you really trusted that maybe was a little more expensive and just ask him, you know, yeah. I mean, right? Like, wouldn't that you? Hap- that happened today. Some uh, there was a there was a homeowner that reached out, um, had a budget, and you know, um, we didn't fit what they wanted to do, and they we reached out, and they decided to go another route. Um, and I said, you know what? Don't worry about it. You know, send me pictures of your project. Let me know how it's going. I'd love to see you know the final product. It helps us improve our process too, because yeah. maybe there's something that we could have done differently, and you know. But unfortunately, also, you know, um, I think a lot of times I sound bitter because I know that when I get I these, I know when I get these responses from homeowners, like, yeah, well, this guy could end up doing it cheaper. It's just like in my in my mind, I know you're just you're not getting what you really think you are going to get. And if you don't know the difference, it kind of sucks that you don't know the difference between because you think you're buying a Bentley and you're really getting another car Mm -hmm. and you just don't know the difference because you've never sat in a Bentley to begin with. So how do you (laughs) even know what, like, I wouldn't even know. I've never sat in a Bentley myself, so I don't know. Like, yeah, exactly. So it's just, it's, it's bitter because I do know, I do know the differences in quality of, 
you know, just everything from reveals to offsets and all these little, you know, scribing of cabinets up against the wall versus like putting up little trim pieces to just hide, you know. Yeah. Well, look, and that's one thing, right? Like yeah. cosmetics. Okay. Yeah, that's cosmetic. Exactly. Yeah, like paint and cosmetics have at it. If it looks like you just wasted your money. But yeah. now when you're coming to me and this dude is putting fucking drywall in your shower. And I, there's I saw that. I saw that the other day. I, I saw that. I saw that the other day, on you know, and and I'm one of the, I'm I'm not a troll, but I can be a troll. Like when people put put their put their pictures of before and afters, I'm like, oh, let me just see what your structural, you know, behind the nice shower looks like, and it's like drywall. I'm like, oh my, oh my god, like that no. that's that's why you got it for that price. Yeah, you know, and they're doing like their whole pan, a whole shower pan is made out of concrete. Yeah. They're like. You're like, where's the waterproofing? Like, yeah. where's the slope? Like, yeah, that's the stuff where I'm just like, I have zero tolerance on. And that's where I'm like, you know, this is like the stuff that you can't cheap on. You know, yeah. if, if you're talking about like, hey, th this guy can paint for a lot less than you. He can, you know, yeah. because we're not a painting company. Like, right. but when you like compare our paint side to side, you'll see why, because it took us four times as long to do it and double right. the amount of material because we coded it three times, you know? Yeah, exactly. But that's kind of like the easy stuff that people see, but you and I know that crap behind the walls is going to be, you know, the, the, the straw that breaks the camel's back, man. That's yeah. the, stuff, you and, know? and, and they're not paying homeowners don't necessarily pay for just well they don't pay for just the pretty stuff they pay for the structural you know making sure that it lasts 10 20 30 years you know it should last at least for the the life of the, them living in the home at at, yeah. at the minimum you know so yeah. i mean um yeah that's i know i i hope anybody listening i mean i know sometimes i sound bitter and unhappy but it's really it, it comes from a good place you know it comes from a place of you know homeowners can get a lot they they can get a lot more and they can get what they really want from contractors contractors aren't you know bad we're not evil i think just the process of them, the way that they approach their projects just need to change a little bit. And, you know, I hope that they got something out of this that, you know, if you change your, your mindset going into a project, you can get a lot more out of it. And your contractor will be more than willing to go the extra mile. If, yeah, if, if you run your project the way it should be, and a lot of that goes into the planning, I mean, six months to plan a project, you know, um, many, many people I know will, um, will laugh at that, but those are probably the same people that are going to complain on why their project was not a success. Yeah. And then, I mean, you know, I, I, I was like listening to you and you're like, um, you know, you go in, you're like three fourths of the way done and then you're hating yourself at that time. Right. I would rather, you need to hate yourself at the beginning because that's yeah. the hardest stage. Right. And like, we need to get this, like, how are we going to go and build this when you're telling me you don't even have time to do your selections? Like, right. what do you mean? Like, when are you going to find time? When do you yeah. think, when do you think we're going to get like the right cost on this thing? You know, yeah. like there's a lot of just red flags. Like if, you know, it's like people, if, if you're going to go into like, 
you know, have your buddy do a tattoo on you, you're probably not a client that is going to be good for me. You know, like this is something that's going to be with you for, for your entire life. It's probably their biggest. It is investment. Like other than the purchase itself of, of the home, which a lot of times, you know, they're buying it with first time home credits that were offered, you know, several years ago to 0% down to, you know, owner financing or whatever the actual renovation of a project that's going to cost you real, real money, you know, yes. unless you're and, getting a, Yeah. Yeah. So. But, but it's also the fact that you have to look at what, like, think about it. When, if we're redoing your whole home, shouldn't it cost damn near what you bought it for or yeah. more? To you redo know? It, yeah. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, you know, these are just things that again is like, is all the, the longer and more detailed we can get in the planning phase, mm-hmm. the better. If you, you know, if you can, like, I would say, realistically, the fastest you should ever be doing, like, a due diligence, like, pre-con is three months. Mm-hmm. If you're taking, if you're thinking it's going to move any faster than that, you're either doing a really small project or you're just one of those people that wants to put the cart before the horse. And and, and I'm not going to let you screw yourself, you know? If you're hiring me, we're going to do it the right way. Do, do you ever take uh, scheduling deposits? You know, I've... Sometimes, like if we are, um, depends on how far out we are. Like all, all I do is I'm like, look, if if you want us, like we can't even talk about a start date until I have the deposit. So because I need to order all your materials, I need to, you know, and and usually what I'll do is just <clears throat> take deposits closer to before we start. But I've never actually like taken a scheduling deposit, like you know, let's just say closer than probably like a month out. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like any time frame, because, you know, sometimes again, in my, from my point of view, I want to work. Yeah. I want to work and I want to work hard and And I can't work. Yeah. I can't work hard for free. You know? Mm -hmm. So, so if, and what I mean by working hard is, you know, I want to allocate all the materials that you need. I want to make sure that, you know, my plumber, my electrician, I want to make sure that my dumpster, everything is in line on day one. And I can't allocate all this, you know, resources to a project that hasn't even committed to it. So sometimes if they're, you know, a month or two out, they know they want to go forward and move on with the project. If that project is in our schedule, then I'm going to need a scheduling deposit because I'm going to start work. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to reject work or reschedule future work because I know that 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 um, that that project is already in line. And I unfortunately, I can't really um, commit to something without having a commitment back because. Right. And that's that's just who takes priority. Right. The people that, you know, and that's what I tell people, like one of the questions I'll always ask, you know, I ask them, um, you know, Tell me first the details of their project. Then um, in an ideal world, if I got you an estimate tomorrow, when would you like to start? Mm-hmm. And then budget. So that's always a question is like, I need to know when you're ready. You know, if some people are, you know, some people will say, oh, you know, we're just thinking about it. Like mm-hmm. we don't want to start for, you know, till next year or something. Then it's like, okay, yeah, well, we, we can get you in touch with the architect and do some of that stuff, but there's no need to. Do you always work with, with an architect? I would say um, probably like eighty percent of the time. That's cool. And and I and that's something that's helped me out a lot is actually even bringing on architects when 
I think that we don't need one. Um, just to like, you know, if we're moving walls around and stuff, you got to see what the floor plan looks like. Like, you know, because again, I don't want any surprises when you didn't realize like the dimensions of the room weren't going to be what you thought they were. Right. You know, but you know, so there's another thing that's pretty cool in Austin called um, an express permit that if you're not adding any square footage um, and you're not doing anything like, you know, hugely structural, like, you know, taking off roof trusses and stuff like that, you can go in and, um, pull and receive um, approval on your permit same day. Mm -hmm. um, and That's technically, cool. you know, you don't need an architect for that stuff. Um, so I've done that a lot. Like when I know like, Hey, the layout's not changing. Like we are moving, we're taking out this huge wall, but it's just to like open up the living. Okay. The right. But like when we're like redoing master closets and pantries and like, you know, you, you can have like, let's say three of those probably even less. Like, you know, once, once you get into some structural, like, changing the floor plan. I always like an architect to get involved. Yeah. Just to avoid any miscommunication or, you know, just misconception of what the final product is going to look like. Well, and not to mention like architects know standard sizes of doorways and walkways and closets and windows and egress and fire codes. And, you know, in Austin, we have this thing called visitability where you have to be able to get a wheelchair through the house to all the main areas without mm -hmm. any threshold. I mean, there are some crazy they have here, dude. And yeah. I, I don't know if you do this. Like we have, um, you can only build 40% of your lot. So if you have a 10,000 square foot lot, your house could only be a max of 4,000 square 4, 000. feet. 4,000, yeah. Yeah, here I mean, in Harris County, like, um, you just, it's a $25 fee and we couldn't go at it. <laughs> so, but but for for companies like us, you know, it's it's not an advantage you know right um, because huh. we're we're dealing if if my mom wanted to go be become a builder tomorrow she can be a builder tomorrow just you know fifth i think it's 15 dollar dba at the county yep. and that's it so well and then that's what i see is the problem uh, of like that that you face that's probably way different than what i face is like there's a way many more players there's a huge level of competition because yeah those guys that can start in two weeks they're they're competing against you mm -hmm. you know i like to tell people when whenever whenever a homeowner tells me that i just tell them well if they're any good they would be busy and they wouldn't be able to start in two weeks that's what i tell them you know it's like who is who is going to provide a product that's that good that is available within two weeks for a project that's this yeah. size huge no, nobody so if you want to take your chance in doing that i mean we just can't and i don't know if they use it for as leverage you know for me to reduce my price or to you know work with them but you know we just don't you know yep. we just we we don't do that. So, but I think you can also, I mean, you can probably also like shine even better if you're amongst the pool of less reputable people. I mean, I, I, you know, you walk in and you're just like the knight in shining armor, you know, I try to be, yeah. <laughs> we try to be, but it's, it's hard, you know, um, again, without, without going into very specific detail on what sets us apart uh, from a, from a craftsmanship point of view, you know, we try to, we try to highlight our communication. We try to highlight, you know, our reputation. Um, and just sometimes it's just not, um, it's not good enough and that's okay. You know, um, I guess the, 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 
the highlight, not, not highlight, but what justifies all that is a lot of times homeowners will reach back out to us and say, you know, I wish I would have gone with you because the price that you gave me, we ended up being a lot more. And I don't think I would have gotten the quality that we got with you, with, with them, you know, and I think that's why a lot of times I sound so bitter because I do feel sorry for a lot of homeowners when they think they are paying for what they think they're going to get and they don't end up getting it. And I know that for a little bit more, they could have gotten it with us and they just decided to go a different route. So, And there's a difference. Like when you say bitter, you don't mean like a nan and a boo-boo. I told you. Yeah. Yeah. No, not like, you know, like I don't want you to get screwed. Like I'm like, I don't like you. We don't like seeing injustices. You know, that's more of it is like, yeah, exactly. We want to treat people the right way, you know? So it's not a, like, I know more than you and, you know, because it's not like what we're saying is the word of God, but right. it's just saying like, I will do what I say I'm going to do. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think people like you and I and many, many others, you know, we were in this that, you know, you, you mentioned your wife, you know, you, you have a family, you know, you have a young family and, you know, you dedicate a lot of time to your business. We're in this forever, right? We're in this for the long haul. Why do we want to get, um, categorized with uh, within a group of people that, for the most part, we're looked at, we're frowned upon. You know? So <laughs> I, we want to we we want to change that mindset. You know, we want to let people know this. There there is a small group of people that's ruining it for a lot of us. And if you don't change your approach, you're going to get you know bundled up with that group. You know, yeah. so. Um, but my man. Uh, oh, yeah, well, an hour and a half. I feel like it just flew by. We could just. I know. I want people to be able to see your projects. Okay. Where Where can people? Because I've followed you for a couple of years now. I've seen your work. What What was that project that you had? An awesome video that that showcased. Like it was like an HGTV. Like just this. It was like a retro kitchen that you did. Oh yeah, that was award on oh okay well that's the one that project was where can people find you like what's your website what's your social media where can people you know because there's one thing to talk and then there's another thing to walk the walk you know and you walk the walk so where can people find your uh projects pictures photos videos where where can people find you thank you so much by the way of of saying all that stuff i really appreciate it Um, oh man you can, uh, my website is revent, R-E-V-E-N-T, builds with an S.com. Okay. Um, the portfolio page will show all of that. Um, it's broken down by project, has all my contact information. And then um, the Instagram is revent underscore builds. Um, so, you know, basically everything's there on the Instagram too. And then, um, you know, by way of, you know, my personal is at John Joff that I post a lot more um, progress videos like on my story and a lot of the more day-to-day stuff. So if you mm-hmm. want to see stuff like that, you can check out my personal, but if you want to just see like really beautiful after shots, you can check out the business Instagram or on my website. Okay. Um, in the description, I'll, I'll put all your links up uh, so people can see, cause I think that's important, you know, um, yeah, like who is this guy to like yeah, say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's this guy that's just saying all these mean things about home? <laughs> and, and not that I'm not that I'm anyone. I mean, I meet people yeah. every day that humble me. Um, yeah. But I've also 
you know, I, I am, I'm bitter. And I'm just like, look, I, if I need to be tough with you in the beginning and I need to yeah. really get your expectations in line, when I show you the end product and I mean, you know, go, go on Google, just yeah. like look at my Google maps and read what people say about me. I mean, there's yeah. people, I was just reading them through the other night and I'm like, wow, this is just incredible. You know, this yeah. is why I do it. Um, yeah. and, and if you have that same sentiment after we're working together, that's, yeah. I've done it right. You don't need yeah. to like, you know, I, I hope you like me, but you don't need to love me. If, if I'm just blowing smoke up your, and I screw up your project, you know, where would you rather be? Right. Yeah. And as always says, you're going to love me at the beginning. You're going to really hate me in the middle. And then you're going <laughs> to love me. at the, Then you're going to love me at the end again. And yeah. that's, that's just how it is, man. No, you're so, going to want to marry me at the end. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so awesome, dude. My Thank man, you. I really, really appreciate your time. I know, you know, you have a family to get to, but I wanted to just pick your brain. I wanted to know a little bit more about you in depth. I really appreciate your time being on here. Man, you're making me blush over here, dude. Oh, man, you, you deserve it. You really do. You know, um, you. But, I couldn't. I literally have the same feeling of you, man. And, I, and I'm just so glad, you know, to know you. And, and I'm glad we're kind of on this journey together. And, and I'm here and I can't wait to see what the future holds for us. Absolutely, man. I, I, I owe you a trip to Austin. You know, you've come here, we've met here, but you know, I just got to find some time and we'll, we'll make it a, we'll make it a mandate. <laughs> oh man. I'd love that. All right. Great talking to you, brother. Awesome, man. You too. Take it easy. Really appreciate it. All righty.